You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So without further ado, let's hit the road. Okay, so welcome. It's episode 21. And on today's episode, we are still in Ethiopia having some crazy times. And we'll mostly be in Gondar, Ethiopia in this episode, and we'll we'll be picking up where we left off last week, as some of you might have already listened or watched. I'm lucky to be alive, really, after the uh, fatal truck accident I was in in the Simeon Mountains, which was not great. So if you missed that episode, definitely uh, catch that one. Okay, and before we pick up where we left off. Just a little bit on the podcast journey that you're on with me as well. So we're up to, I'm up to 61 listener, like 61 countries that I have the listeners from, which is amazing. As you might know, one of my goals uh, is to get to 76 countries because that's how many I've been to. Almost there. So thank you so, so much for for listening. That's awesome. And the top five countries this week are USA, Canada, England, or UK, India, or France, and India. Although we've got three countries right on India's tail. Israel, Poland, and Malaysia. Malaysia's come out of nowhere. So thank you so much. I've been to Malaysia several times. So that's awesome. Okay. And the review of the week is from Crystal. And she says, this week's episode was dramatic. The one I was just talking about. <laughs> After 20 episodes, I started to feel like I know you. And then hearing this crazy story, wow, that's an experience you, de- that's an experience you carry along for the rest of your life. You deserve four cups of coffee or four beers and a big hug, which she bought me, which was lovely. So thank you so much, Crystal. And if you'd like to support the my podcast or YouTube channel, then please do just head over to the website, manyroadstravel.com. There's a button at the top that says support the podcast. And it's like three bucks. And I would so appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's the news as well. I finally, I've got my YouTube channel going. I'm quite behind in the episodes, but that I'll have that up and running. Well, it is up and running, but I'll have this is episode 21. So I'll have those episodes coming out you know, as soon as I can. As always, there'll be a new episode, podcast episode, and YouTube video every Thursday. Think of it as Tam's Travel Thursdays. (laughs) Okay, and we're only going to be covering maybe 100 miles on this trip, which will take us up to 11,400 miles of the 30,000 mile journey. Okay, and before I continue with my journey in Ethiopia, I just would like to express my concerns and well wishes that the situation in Ethiopia right now, it's uh, November 26, gets resolved because it's looking like there could be a full-on civil war, really, between the Ethiopian federal government and Tigray National Liberation Party. Because Ethiopia kind of has certain 
I don't know if they're states or counties. I don't know what they're called, to be honest. But they kind of have independent, some semi-independence from the federal government. But I guess the Tigray National Liberation Party is crossed cross the line, basically. And sadly, I mean, they don't even know, but there could be hundreds of thousands of people, local people already been killed. And they're expecting possibly up to 200,000 refugees entering Sudan because of this. So... And today's news is not looking good. So, yeah, my thoughts go out to Ethiopia, and I hope this can be resolved peacefully. Since the Prime Minister did win the Nobel Peace Prize last year. So, um, yeah, hopefully it can be resolved peacefully between them. Okay, so let's pick up where we left off. So it's day 124, and Casey and I, so Casey's my friend that I'm still traveling with, who I left Canada with. We met two guys when we arrived in Gondar at the bus station called Daniel and Inishat. So we met for breakfast with Daniel in the morning of the day 124. Now, I kind of didn't have a great feeling about Daniel. I thought he was a bit dodgy and I don't know, just my gut instinct. Casey really liked him. So anyways, we had breakfast with him and then we went, he took us to this, this old church, which is called Deborah Bahan Selassie Church. And it's from the 18th century. It's a monastery. And it was amazing, actually. And like the outer, so the outer walls are made of stone. And then the actual church is like made of mud walls <laughs> from the 18th century, still there. And it has a straw thatched hut, uh, roof. And then you go inside and there's all these uh, like very vivid paintings on cotton that you know are on all the inner walls. And there, when I was there, there was still a nun and two monks that lived there and three of the 11 towers that are there, like in the grounds. So it's a very sweet enchanting place actually it's one of the things to see when you go to Gondar Ethiopia so you know to mark the occasion we had uh, an Ethiopian joint <laughs> sitting on the monastery wall <laughs> you know was getting some Rasta vibes <laughs> there too <laughs> uh, and Casey was rather hang hung over from the night before because he can he continued partying with Daniel in one of the Tej houses now Ethiopia they love their Tej. Now, Tej is like an alcoholic honeymead. And it's actually quite good as well. They, they drink them out of this, these crazy, almost looks like chemistry beakers. They're, they're, you know, they're wide at the bottom and then very narrow at the top. And the Tej houses are just people's houses, really. And they put flags in front of their house if they are open for business. So you just sit in their front room and they bring it out to you. And, you know, there's a couple of couches and tunes going. <laughs> It's quite, yeah, it's a unique experience for sure. Spent a lot of time at Tej houses in Ethiopia. So, yeah, so we just basically went back and had a nap. And it was just nice to just take it easy for a couple of days after, you know, some very hard traveling, of course, truck accidents. So that was nice. So later on, we went out for dinner. I still was not vibing in Jera and Watt. Um, and Jera is the local, well, the both local dishes. But in Jera is the, the Ethiopian bread, which is made from uh, teff, which is a grain, like gluten-free grain that is grown in the Ethiopian mountains. Traditionally, how it's made is 
and it's very big. It's like a huge pancake, it almost looks like, but with lots of holes in it. And then it's quite gray in color. And traditionally, they make it by putting it under rocks in the sun and leave it for three days. So it's very sour as well. Not my, my bag, really. Uh, and then wat is kind of like usually quite spicy, thin stew that can be vegetable or chicken or mutton. I just stuck to spaghetti, <laughs> to be honest, because that area was used to be an Italian call, well, Eritrea and I don't know if Ethiopia was, but Eritrea was. So a lot of the Italian food kind of drifted down to Ethiopia as well. So yeah, usually my diet was eggs for breakfast and spaghetti for dinner. So that night in the Tesh house, I met four doctors. So I was chatting to them and they were telling me how difficult it was to get into medical school, let alone graduate. So I think they have something like 150,000 applicants every year and maybe 50 get in and then graduate because the government pays for their school but then you have to work for the government for two years and then you're kind of free to do what you want but if you stay if you remain in Ethiopia as a doctor you you know this was back in 1993 but I I can't imagine things have changed too much really and they only made two thousand dollars a year as a full-time doctor which is crazy but yeah, but so they're really nice. It was nice talking to them. So next day, with Indisho, the other guy we met at the bus station, to go see the royal enclosure. And so there's like lots of castles there and, and some baths. But on our way, we met two Aussie guys, Mike and Tony. And we hadn't met any other travelers for, for weeks now. <laughs> so I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> So we ended up talking to them in the street for ages, and they were like, now nah, we heard the royal closure isn't too much, so, you know, let's just go for a coffee and, and chat kind of thing. So we ended up doing that. So we never went to the royal closure. And then later on, I went and finally got hold of my mom, called my mom, because uh, I hadn't talked to her for like, I don't know, at least two months. So the first minute was her just yelling at me. <laughs> Where the hell have you been? Oh my God, I'm so worried. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, just, yep, I'm okay. Uh, I didn't tell her about the truck accident. No need to worry her about that at the time. But it was nice. Got to speak to my little brother and uh, my mom for about 25 minutes. And it was just good to hear from them. And everyone was okay at home. So that was really good. Because like I said, back in 1993, there's really no internet. (laughs) You could just Facebook someone or... And I tried to call her several times from different countries and just for whatever reason couldn't get through or she wasn't home or whatever. So, yeah, finally got to speak to her. I think the last time I talked to her was in Egypt. So, yeah, it probably been about two and a half months. Not ideal, I know, but what can you do, eh? So afterwards we went... Oh, before that, Mike and Tony had told us about this guy on this street corner selling American government desert storm food like in you know in these thermopacks and they're like they're really really good and you know as i said about my diet in ethiopia so i was like oh, okay cool so went with them to to see this guy and yeah he just had these like big boxes of this these gray thermopacks surrounded him and it was six six packs for one u.s dollar and it was like they had peanut butter and cheese spread and chicken a la king and potato gratin and chicken stew. So I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so I ended up buying two of each of those. I mean, they, they had other ones, but I don't eat red meat. So 
but two of those to check them out. And yes, they were really good. <laughs> and it was a nice change to finally get something different than eggs and spaghetti after weeks of that. Uh, so yeah, so after dinner, we went back to another Tej house with Mike and Tony. And, and again, it was nice talking to different people because, you know, Casey and I was getting a bit much, you know, just 24-7 with one person. And we've been together almost four months now. And yeah, so they, Mike and Tony had been in Africa for a year and a half at that point. So they were telling me all about down south. And they're like, listen, once you get out of Ethiopia, it's smooth sailing. <laughs> like Kenya, you know, pretty much all the south is really nice. There's a lot more travelers because the back then, even probably now it's the same. The traveling grapevine was kind of from Nairobi down to Harare, Zimbabwe or South Africa. So that's kind of where most people were, Kenya, Tanzania, Malawi, Zim, and South Africa. They're like, but South Ethiopia, it's still pretty, pretty rough because they were experiencing what I was experiencing too. Because Ethiopia, and to this day out of my 76 countries, Ethiopia was the hardest for me to, I don't want to say judge, but to get a feel for the people. Because so far we've, had amazing experiences with local people in every country. Egypt had some, you know, sexual kind of verbal, well, a couple of physical too, but harassment. But besides that, it was smooth sailing. We got invited to homes and, you know, people, it was, you know, super nice. But Ethiopia, it was like half the people hated you just because you're a Ferengi foreigner, not because you're white, not because of anything else, just because you're not Ethiopian. And then the other half really liked you and would buy you like a banana or a cup of tea or something like really sweet. But you didn't know who was who until you were literally up, you know, face to face with them. And it was getting a much bit, a bit much because I, I especially if I was walking by myself, I, I'd already given, been given the nickname Tiger or Tiger Lady because I'd be standing somewhere and you know, teenagers or kids or even adults would like throw rocks at me or throw sticks at me or they would surround you and stare at you and then bark at you or I don't know. It was just really bizarre. <laughs> and yeah, I, I always had my guard up in Ethiopia. I never really felt super safe there and I didn't trust anyone, to be honest. And at that, I remember while well, looking at my journal from that time, I, I actually wrote, I was like, you know, I've never felt so alone in my life because it was the first time I hadn't had my friends around me. And I mean, Casey and I, all things considered, we're getting along really well, but we weren't particularly close and we did clash on a lot of our ideas. And I, I actually wrote, I'll be surprised if Casey and I make it together to, to Cape Town, to South Africa, which proved out to be true. <laughs> and that was what I was starting to have a problem with Casey trusting Daniel because I just knew he was a dodgy man. Anyways, next day, so it's day 126. It had rained almost every day for over a week now. So that wasn't super great. So I went to the market to try and buy some, they had some really cool like black onyx crosses. So I thought those would be quite good gifts or, you know, one for myself or a necklace, something like that. So, yeah, Casey came with me. So we went to this market. And I was looking, didn't really see anything fancy. And the market's quite packed. And lots of people had, you know, radios on, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, I mean, we didn't find out the time, like, because it was in Amharic, the local language. 
although they have about 80 different languages. But I guess uh, over the radio came an announcement saying that in Somalia, which is the next country over, I think it was three or four Western journalists had been stoned to death in the streets in Somalia, like that day. And next thing you know, like the vibe where we were in the market just, just soured. Like it got super aggressive. And I remember looking up and the next thing, like we're surrounded by probably 100, 150 people just like staring at us, but getting like aggressively, basically. And of course, Casey was oblivious to it. <laughs> so I kind of grabbed his hand and I was like, look up. And he was like, holy shit. And I was like, yeah. He's like, what do we do? I'm like, well, listen, just look everyone in the eye. You know, I grabbed his hand and just follow me. Like we're walking. We just walk through them. And we had like, so that's what we did. We just looked everyone in the eye, kept walking. I mean, I had to, you know, shoulder my way through that crowd, but just didn't, you know, I said, like, just fake it. Just, it's kind of like alpha A, you know, the alpha animal, like just fake it. Like you're tough and strong and just keep walking, which is what we did. And just got back to the hotel. And I was like, I'm not going out for the rest of the day. It's desert storm day. <laughs> I've got my desert storm food and my little um, stove. So I, I'm just not dealing with this crap anymore. It's ridiculous. So we just basically stayed in for the day. Chill day at home. Right, you know, I think it's probably writing letters, catching up my journal. And it was just like, I want to get the hell out of Ethiopia ASAP, to be honest. <laughs> so day 127, we went to try and get bus tickets to... A town near Lalibala. But instead of Casey going to the bus station, I don't know why I gave him that job, to be honest. <laughs> he, instead of him going, he gave Daniel, I don't know, $30, $40, which wasn't nearly that much. I think he only had like maybe a 500 beer note. I don't know. Just gave him way too much money. And Daniel said he would get the bus tickets for us. And I just thought, this is. I actually didn't know at the time because, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't have impressed. But of course, he had to tell me eventually. So I was like, okay, well, hope your buddy comes through. Fingers crossed kind of thing. I mean, surprisingly, he did get the tickets like about after an hour or so. But of course, no change. The tickets were probably only about 3 or $4 each. So yeah, I don't think there was 10 bucks for the tickets, both tickets. So yeah, so no change. So I was like, well, Case, <laughs> don't want to say it, but <laughs> I told you so. Anyway, so I just ended up staying in the hotel. I did some repairs on my backpack because it got, it did have, I get, it did get a few tears or something like that after the truck accident. So I stitched my backpack up, just chilling out in the room and then went for our usual spaghetti dinner at night. And then we were to meet Daniel at one of the Tej houses to get the change back. Well, of course, Daniel's there. He's pissed out of his head. Like, he's drunk, hammered. And he's like, oh, yeah, Casey, I'll, I'll go get your, your money now. I'll be back in 15 minutes. We didn't see him again for the rest of the night. <laughs> I was like, Casey, he's probably just drunk, your change, to be honest. So we, I think we might have had just one Tej. We went back because we were planning on leaving the next morning so didn't have a late one went back to the hotel waited for daniel for a couple hours casey's like right this is ridiculous i'm gonna go out and look for him so i was like fine knock yourself out so he went 
looked for him for an hour or so to no avail, of course. No, no Josiah Daniel. So the next day, which was also our four-month anniversary of traveling to, uh, the trip. So it's day 128. We're up at 5.15 in the morning to get this bus. But then Casey's like, well, I don't, I don't, no, I'm not leaving without my change. Like, you know, it's, like I said, I can't remember how much it was. Uh, between 20 or $30, probably, right? He's like, no, I'm not leaving before I get my change back from Daniel. So I don't know if we gave him more money because I'm like, it's only 20 bucks, but he was adamant not leaving. So I have a feeling he gave him more money to buy something else and he just didn't tell me. But I don't know. That's, I'll have to ask him that next time I email him. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, Keith. So we, well, he refunded his bus ticket right there. And I was like, well, I'm just going to try and see if I can exchange mine. So I held on to mine. And then we just end up going back to the hotel, rebooking in again, and back to sleep. And I was just a bit annoyed, <laughs> to be honest. So Casey went out to find Daniel, and he did, finally. And then Daniel was like, oh, well, after I left you guys at the Tej house, I got thrown in jail for four hours. And then when I went, when I got out, I just went back to the Tej house and got more drunk and just forgot about your change. Sorry, mate. And I'm like, What? Ever. And then he says, Daniel says, oh, well, with your change, I, I bought a silver cross and I was going to sell that to a tourist and make some profit off of it and then give you that money instead of his change back kind of thing. He's like, but, you know, then, and like I said, we'd only seen two tourists, other travelers in weeks. <laughs> And they were Mike and Tony, and it wasn't them. And of course, he's like, well, and yeah, and the tourist changed his mind, so he didn't buy it. So now I'm going to have to take the silver cross back to where the guy I bought it from and get your money back that way. Ridiculous. So I went back to the bus station to see if I can change my ticket. And I was like, Casey, we're like, this is crazy. We got to get the hell out of here, you know? But anyways, on my way, well, at the bus station, I met this really lovely Italian doctor, Giorgio. And I ended up talking to him for ages. He was so nice. And then he invited us to his hotel for dinner that night. I was like, yeah, sounds super great. So I told him where we were staying in our cheap, dingy hotel. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I'll come and pick you up at like 7 o'clock. We're like, okay, great, super. So yeah, so about 7-ish that night, Giorgio and his wife, Piera, and their two their two daughters... Catalina and Ghana. They came and picked us up in their posh Range Rover and took us to their hotel, which is probably the best hotel in Gondar. It was lovely, actually, and had a beautiful view of the city. So, yeah, we had uh, some beers with them and talked to them. And then Georgia was like, well, listen, I might be able to get you guys a ride from Addis Ababa to Mayali, which is on the Kenyan border, with a friend of mine. So here's my, so he gave me his cards with his phone number and his address in Addis Ababa. And he's like, just give me a call when you get to Addis Ababa and I'll see what I can do. I was like, that's be super great. And he was, yeah, he had a, he had a very good job. <laughs> I think he worked for the Italian government organizing all of, you know, the head doctor or something like that of, of the, um, in Ethiopia. Anyway, so man, it was very nice talking to them. So, Go back to our hotel, and then, so the next day, when, it's a day 129. So we've been in, going out five days now, right? I haven't really done, seen anything except for that church. 
So instead of getting up early to try and get a bus out of here, because Casey still hasn't got his, his money back from Daniel, remember? So he feigns he's sleeping in, so we don't have to get the bus that day. I, I, and I was like, that's it, Case. I'm leaving tomorrow with or without you. I don't care because this is ridiculous. And, it's, and that's what I mean. I only thought it was for 20 bucks, and that's why I think there must have been something else to it. I mean, luckily, I had my Desert Storm food, <laughs> so I was only spending maybe 3 or $4 a day for my accommodation. So at least I wasn't spending money for this ridiculousness of Casey's idiot moves. <laughs> I mean, still love you, Case, but you you even admitted to me you were an idiot <laughs> So during this time. So I finally found a couple of guys to buy my bus ticket, because I still had my bus ticket to go to this other town, which we weren't even going to go to anymore, because we'd found out that because of all the rain, that we couldn't get to Lalabala, which is where these rock-strewn old, like, 800-year-old churches are. And... Because the flights couldn't even fly, like land in the at the airport there, and you couldn't the roads were impossible, impassable. So that's why we had to change our mind. So anyway, so I got rid of these tickets, luckily for the same price I paid them. So at least that was something. So then we decided we were going to go to Bahadir instead, which is on the Lake Lake Tana coastline, which is the source of the Blue Nile Falls. Because I mean, we'd already followed the Nile all the way down through Egypt. And, start, and Sudan until where it splits in Khartoum and it splits into the Blue Nile Falls, which is in, e in Ethiopia, and then the White Nile Falls, which goes all the way down to Uganda. So we're like, okay, so at least we have a plan. We're going to go to Bahadir instead, although it sucked that we didn't get to go to Lalabala, but hey-ho. And I'd also run into Mike and Tony, and they wanted to get the boat down to Lake Tana. But it, that I guess it was only for locals, but and the, the Ferengi price was like 150 beer an hour and at the time it was about well you got between five and seven beer to the one u.s dollar so that was ridiculous so they're like so we'll probably try and get on the bus that you get on to bahadir and come with you we're like okay that'd be awesome so of course we're trying to get bus tickets for bahadir and no sold out like we couldn't get bus tickets anywhere but they said well maybe in the morning come back and you might be able to get two tickets that way and i was like oh my god I want to get the hell out of Gondar. Because remember, I'm still being, you know, anytime I go out, I've got kids, you know, <laughs> throwing rocks at me and sticks or whatever. Chased a couple more kids. <laughs> got tiger lady still prowling the streets of Gondar. <laughs> Just kind of went back to the hotel room, chilled out, wrote some probably more letters, and then met the boys, Mike and Tony, at the Tej house. As I was leaving, the, like, so we're there for a bit. And that, again, so we read. Once I was leaving there, some kid, like, just comes up and kicks me in the shins and then takes off. So I chased him. <laughs> I never really caught these people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I thought I'd just give it a go anyways. It might put them off, but it didn't seem to put them off anyways. Also, earlier that day, I'd stocked up on my Desert Storm food. So I ended up buying like 36 different packet, you know, packs of them because they're like six for one dollar. I mean, my backpack weighed a ton. I don't even know how I got everything in there because it was pretty full already. So I think my backpack now weighed about 22 kilos. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, so next day, day 130, Casey finally gets his money back from Daniel. And we had gone to the bus station after that. And we did manage to get two bus tickets to a nearby town of Bahadir which was a lovely ride. The lady next to me was just puking the whole journey. <laughs> so that was great. 
<laughs> and then once we got to this this little town, we managed to get on the same bus that Tony Mike were on to Bahadir, because they they got on you know straight from Gondar. So that was nice. And then so the four of us bought some chut, and chut is this plant that you chew the leaves of, and you kind of get a buzz off of it, kind of like a speedy buzz. But I didn't. I had tried it before, and I didn't really like it. But I guess the locals on the bus were short. Like they're like, "Oh no, no, you're eating the the wrong leaves. Are you eating too much of the bad stuff? You need to just eat the good stuff, which are the smaller leaves, which have a reddish tinge to them." So I was like, "Okay," and you do not swallow it either. So you have you have an pe- empty Pepsi bottle, and you spit in that after you chew it. It's kind of like chewing tobacco, but. Not. So once I did that, I did actually get a little bit of a buzz. So at least that was something. And then we got into Bahadir around 2 p.m. And again, it was just like, I just didn't understand it. Like, I didn't know why local people treated you like shit <laughs> half the time. Because <laughs> again, we got off the bus. Next thing you know, we're surrounded. People are barking at us. They're like throwing some sticks at us and rocks. <laughs> and, you know, now there's four of us and three of them are guys at least. But no, nope, didn't stop them. And it was just like... I, it was just so crazy. Like I said, I've never experienced anything since. And that was definitely the first time I experienced that before. It was, I was just like, what the bleep? <laughs> so anyways, we found a cheap hotel, got some dinner, probably my spaghetti as usual. And then, you know, went, found a new Tej house, uh, had a couple hours there, a couple of drinks there. And, but like I said, local people are, they were even worse when they're drunk. And this one guy was really harassing me and he kept falling into me like on purpose, but like pretending he wasn't. Oh my, I had enough. So I literally just took him by like, you know, his <laughs> the front of his shirt and just nailed him against this wall. And I was like threatening to punch him. I was like, if you don't leave me alone, I am going to punch your lights out for real. Like piss off. <laughs> oh my God. And also the return of the bed bugs. Well, I don't know if they ever left, to be honest, but that night particularly, I was just eaten alive again. And my bed bugs from before, they were starting, some of them were starting to get infected with my blood illness. That is no go. That's just not good at all because it could turn into septicemia like that. So I did not want that to happen, obviously. So that pretty much, the only good thing was that we were at a Gondar <laughs> after almost a week, but... That's it for this episode, I'm afraid, because you're going to have to turn it into next week's episode to hear about, well, Blue Knot Falls. That was nice. But then the, one of the worst two-day bus journeys of my life to Addis Ababa and another potential, potentially very violent, if not fatal, incident in Addis Ababa as well. So make sure you tune into next Thursday's episode. You don't want to miss it. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. Tip number one, if you do go to Gondar, I mean, I've seen people's Facebook groups and stuff like that. They had an amazing time in Ethiopia. So I think that, you know, the fringy thing is still there. Like what I've seen and read on blogs and stuff like other blogs that people have been more, more recently, you know, there is still that aspect to it, but maybe it's a little bit better. But if you do, so tip number one, if you do go to Gondar, then... Yeah, go to that church I talked about that I went to, which was called Deborah Burhan Selassie Church. And it's about $7 entry now. I don't think we had to pay anything back then, but it's about seven bucks now. And then you can also go to, yeah, the Royal 
enclosure with all the castles and, and some baths there as well. I think they're called the Facili, Facili, Facilide, Facilide, Facilide baths. <laughs> and they are, yeah, so that whole enclosure, that's about $7 as well. And it's about a two to three day bus journey from Addis Ababa to Gondar, which that'll be next episode <laughs> going the other way. So it's seven bucks each way. Okay, and then tip number two would be, yeah, if you can go to Lalabala. That's kind of one of my, well, I wouldn't say regrets, but it's something I wish I would have been able to see when we were there. Because I'm not going back to Ethiopia. <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Although it is a beautiful country, I will say that. And there are lots of cool things to see to see there. But yeah, if you want to go to Lalibala, which is a UNESCO heritage site, and like I said, they're 800 years old, and there's 11 monolithic churches that are carved out of the stone, the mountains kind of thing. So yeah, it looks amazing. So it's $50 US dollars for that covers you for up to five days. And if you want to get there from Addis Ababa, then it's about two, I think that's also another two or three day bus journey, which is about five to $10 for the bus each way. But you can also fly there for about 80 US dollars. And if you wanted a guide, it's about 20 to $30 a day. Tip number three is don't give local people money <laughs> like, as a, to do that stuff for you. Just do it yourself, <laughs> please. <laughs> and also do expect that you will pay probably three times the price as locals. The Ferengi price means foreigner on everything, basically. So just, whoops. So just expect that. And so you won't be super surprised when that happens because it will happen and it still is happening this day. And then my tip for solo female travelers is basically don't take any shit. <laughs> Become your own tiger lady if you must. <laughs> but most of it, I guess now it is more like for it's a patriarchal system, so maybe more verbal stuff. But yeah, just stand up for yourself, basically. Okay. So yeah, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss, you know, step along the way. And if this is your first episode, yeah, go back to episode one and come with me on the whole journey. And as always, uh, head over to my website, manyroadstravel.com for blog posts. And I've also just added some really cool travel deals for 2021. Okay, so I, that's a wrap, I believe. Until next Thursday, safe travels, one word at a time. 